What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle cop! Super Bowl hate! Welcome to... Ham Radio Row. Is that what this is? Well, no, because we're not radio. Ham Row. Welcome to Ham Row. Ham Row. Ham Super Bowl. I think we got we got two yeah, we got two weeks. They can do three they can do whatever they want. It's the NFL. Uh Super Bowl week. Super Bowl weeks are here. Can, can I do a, a tease, John? I just it just I just thought of this seeing the seeing you smile when I mentioned Radio Row. Yeah. Coming up next week, not this week, but the next week, the week before the Super Bowl, when it normally is like the big Radio Row event, we should tell our favorite Radio Row story on the okay. podcast, on the show. I, I got a couple. No, no. I mean, our favorite, favorite Radio Row story. Which one's that? We had oh, yeah, yeah. an incident. When we were in the studio. In the radio the business. Yeah. We had a, yeah. a falling out. A brouhaha, a uh, you could say that well, there was there were some seminal moments, John, in our radio careers. <laughs> Did was Mike Ditka on Super Bowl week one time? No, no, on Mike Ditka career? was not. Okay, well, if he was, actually, might have no, been, he was. He but was. We were not. We were in studio. Yeah, we were in studio. I'm talking like specifically. I know Super Bowl fifty. What Super Bowl was that? Well, I don't know. Super Bowl 49? I'm, I'm so bad with those. What was the yeah. one in the Bay Area? Whatever it was. 2016. There was. Oh, was that long ago? <laughs> yeah, okay. So it was 49, I think. 49 or 50. 50. Whatever it was. Anyway, there were some moments in our radio careers. Your radio career shorter than my radio career. But I would say there were some moments in our joint radio career that are the moments we just... <laughs> yeah, we were just... <laughs> we hold on to that are just fantastic. Yeah. It, it was and uh, this is an off-air incident that occurred, and it was one of it was you know it's one of the many reasons we're not on radio right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a great story. thank, thank you, Jesus. It's a great. I don't. No one's going to come out of it looking good, including ourselves, when we tell this story. 
I think we we look fine. <laughs> no, yeah. it was it's, it's, we, we just a fun fine. story. I love the story. So we'll, yeah. that's a big tease for a week from now. Uh, I can't wait to talk about it. Actually, now that I can't I'm either thinking about it. Podcast brought to you by Ease.com promo. Let's just begin, John. Yeah. Ease.com promo code ham promo code ham ten. If you're a returning user, yep. You guys know the drill. We you know what we need you to do. We need you to order Ease. Ease.com. Use the promo code ham. If you've already done that. Use HAM10. They get you a 10% discount. If you've used both, I need you to tell your friends. I need you to tell your mothers, tell your fathers, tell your cousins, tell your girlfriend's friends, tell your wife's friends, tell your brother's friends, tell everyone you know. Get all your group texts. I know we're all on several group text chains. Text people. Ease.com, E-A-Z-E.com. Promo code HAM. We're doing a big push toward the Super Bowl. A lot of deals, a lot of product. Our friends at Ease, promo code HAM, $20 off a purchase of $50 or more, delivers it to your house, no big deal, edibles, topicals, pre-rolls, vapes, got it all, and HAM 10, 10% off for our uh, returning users. Go do it right now. Do it, do it, do it. Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, uh, just got to be 21 or over. You get verified online in minutes. Bing, bang, boom. Delivered right to you. Get ready to roll. Podcast also brought to you by MyBookie. Dot .ag promo code ham1 when you use the promo code ham1 my bookie will match that first deposit 50% up to $1000 if you uh, accept the bonus you do have to bet the full amount before you can withdraw funds uh, or you can decline the bonus either way ham1 lets them know that we sent you do you have a Obviously, super bowl line yet yes i think it was three and a half. uh my gu- educated guess that number gets close to like 5 over the next couple of weeks i think a lot of people are going to bet on the chiefs uh, obviously, mybookie.ag has a ton, guy, a ton of Super Bowl props. Those will be put out over the next couple of days of just everything you can think of over the sun. We'll obviously talk about that leading up to the game. Some things I think we did that last year. Some props that we like. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a way to keep it fun. Obviously, you can bet on other sports, basketball, golf, you name it. For a split second, I thought I was going to win oh, thirty five hundred dollars, and then I was humbled. Uh, you know. Yeah, I had some money on the Packers too. Thank you, Matt Lafleur and the and Rogers. Appreciate your guys' effort. So it was uh, mybookie.ag promo code ham one. <laughs> oh man, one other thing, John. Before we dive in, uh, appreciate uh, those of you going to the iTunes page and leaving a review for the podcast. Don't forget, we've got a YouTube channel. Go subscribe to that, like that as well, which we appreciate. But we're using the iTunes page as a mailbag. Yep. So leave your question. I think we answered one in the last podcast. We, I thought we got a couple more. We'll answer them this podcast. At the end, we'll answer them all week and just moving forward. So just leave us questions. It's how we interact. Uh, you know, radio, you call in. We don't do call-ins. We do answer mailbags. So leave a review on the iTunes page. Appreciate you. We do appreciate you. Super Bowl matchup is set, John. Mahomes-Brady. You know, I wouldn't feel great if I was this entity, NBC, who traded... This Super Bowl for next year's Super Bowl. When did they do that? They did it a, a year or two ago because the 2022 Olympics is on NBC and they didn't want it to be on another network because it's at the same time. Is that the one that Japan wants out of? Uh, um, isn't that <laughs> this year's Summer Games? Olympics. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's this year. Okay. But now you could argue that actually... Oh, because 20- the Olympics last year got pushed back. That's huh? right. You could okay. actually argue that 2022 will be higher rated than 2021 because just... Super, you know, just everything's been, even the playoffs, everything's down. But here's what I know. Also, it's, Nielsen he rates bars now, and the bar use is probably way down. Yeah, so maybe NBC's not mad about it. But that aside, 
What a this is a dream matchup. I think they're a little mad. You know, I I know Al Michaels should be mad. <laughs> yeah, I, I, their dream scenario. One thing that came was very crystallized last week was Rodgers and the Packers are a massive brand for the league. Uh, you feel it like their games, they, they've been a huge partner over the three-decade span for Fox, for Favre and then Rodgers. Anyone that's been to a Packer game, I've never been to Green Bay, but I've been to Packer games at, at the 49er Stadium, uh, O.co with the Eagles. It's incredible how big their fan base is. It's just like, damn, they're everywhere. The, the numbers last week on the games, Rodgers versus L.A. and Brady versus Breeze, it was like 10 million more viewers watched Brady versus Breeze. Now it was days, one was Saturday, one was Sunday. But I, I think it's fair to say Tom Brady is the most famous football player in the history of the league. And that might just be a product of social media and everything, but I think it's just he's played 21 years. He's, he's the Babe Ruth of football now, right? Like just his accomplishments – his resume, his moving the needle, his crossover with women. Uh, I, I just, there's never been, like there have been seminal athletes in our life. You know, I, I speak for myself. I Michael Jordan and Tom Brady, excuse me, Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods, I would say are biggest needle movers of my life. But they were more like, I mean, Michael was really good looking guy and so was Tiger and obviously moving product, but it, they were kind of, I felt guy-centric. Tom does feel kind of like a universal, just famous superstar, right? Like, he just, he could be Leonardo DiCaprio or something. He just happens to play football, but he's just super famous guy. Like, I, I don't yeah, know. I think part of that's probably Giselle, Giselle, right? Like, with Michael, it was always just Michael. With Tiger, it was always just Tiger until the end when Elon came along. But Tom did, I yeah. do think you go into another stratosphere, right? Data supermodel. Yeah, but just the, like a one-namer. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a great point. Who makes more money than him, right? Yeah, so... Um, Robert Kraft, like, that means on the books. Doesn't mean you get a discount, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't mean you get a discount. But, no, I mean, it's as perfect as it... I mean, it's, it's anything you want, because I think for Tom... Like, I think part of the storyline for Tom, when we talk about what can Brady gain? Like, does Brady have anything to gain? The answer is always yes. There's always something to gain by winning more. There's always something. And I think while he already is GOAT, the, the 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 status that he's achieved as a quarterback, it's harder to get higher than the highest, the top of the pyramid. I do think a big conversation we have with him, and we've been having it after he left New England, was like, how do we view him and Bill historically? Do we view them only together? Do we view them independently? I think Bill, tell me if you think this is crazy. I actually think Bill has gotten more independent credit over his career than Tom has like people credit bill for just shutting down quarterback. That's not part of Tom's deal. I think Tom can separate himself a little bit from bill to the point that maybe when you talk about it, more people do say, you know what? No, that was more Tom than it was Belichick. Not that any of that matters, but when we talk about like, what could this mean from a legacy standpoint? I think that's what it is that Tom can almost put himself above Belichick in the hierarchy of, of just the NFL's greatest figures. Yeah, Bill got to share in the credit of Tom's offensive success, but Tom didn't get to share in the credit of whenever he punked. Obviously, his his record against the rookie quarterbacks for like two decades. His record against Ben and Peyton and all these guys in the playoffs. 
Like, Bill always got his own credit, and then he got the credit with Tom for winning the game. That's, yeah. that's a pretty good point. I didn't think about it like that. I do think, though, this accomplishment for Tom, which obviously has nothing to do with Bill, is a pretty fucking incredible accomplishment. I'd say in a vacuum. Like, just getting to the Super Bowl on a given year is incredible. Getting to any championship game at any level. You can talk about high school to make it to the CIF championship. It means you got to win probably 13, 14 games. In the NFL, like what the Chiefs accomplished is really incredible. I think, though, that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers being in the Super Bowl is more impressive in a vacuum than the Chiefs getting back. They had the best team. They were the defending champs. They had their whole nucleus stayed together. Their coach stayed together. They had no offseason with Tom. He had all these new wide receivers. He has an offensive uh, head coach who technically is not the play caller, but we all know his influence on the play calling is huge, him and Byron Leftwich. Their mindset of an offense is completely opposite of what Tom's always been used to. And as you watched it play out the whole year, it even when it was right, it always looked felt a little weird. And yet they're in the Super Bowl, guy. They The Tampa Bay Buccaneers hadn't made in the playoffs in 12 years are in the Super Bowl. Like, I, I think it's easy to go, well, they had a lot going for them. We hear that so often with so many teams. And then it they get a player and it doesn't work. It didn't just work like... They made it to the fucking Super Bowl. And I'd say this. The Chiefs, and I'm not diminishing Kansas City at all. Like, we just expected this. And they just lived up. Like, they're the best team in the league. They're there. <laughs> they just did what we expected to do. And they're just, they own the AFC. I think Tampa, a lot of people pick Tampa. And I think most people just, their talent on their team, their coaching staff's good. But then when it actually happens, and then you look back, you go, they just had a two-week span where they beat the Saints, who had beat them twice, and the Packers in Lambeau on the road. Well, And I know it looked weird in both, and it was just, that's an incredible accomplishment. Let me ask you this, just off the top of our heads. Which of Tampa's best players were not on the team last year? Uh, like Devin White was on the team last year. Shaq Barrett was on the team last JPP year. JPP was on the team. Mike Evans. Jordan Godwin, Whitehead. Yeah. Lenny. Uh, uh, AB, but he's hurt. Uh, yeah. Ronald Jones was on the team. You're right. Fournette. That's yeah. a big deal. Winfield, who, di- who didn't play today, but he's been one of the best rookies in the league. The guy from uh, Minnesota, that rookie safety, he's been a baller. I mean, they but, won seven I mean, games last year. That's not even yeah. close to the Super Bowl. No. <laughs> not even close. So, And honestly, if you watched them, it was a weird... Like, I mean, they it felt like they were like a five-win team with Jameis, right? I think it's easy did, to be yeah, like, they, oh, yeah, they just added Tom. It worked. It was... They had to win three games. Think about that. They to win part of what makes the Super Bowl so difficult, and now because the two seed doesn't guarantee you don't get a home game. Like the Chiefs did what normal one seeds do. They have a they put themselves in a position to have the easiest road both home games, and they took advantage of it. The Bucks had to play three road games, and even the first one. That one thing I think we all can acknowledge on Washington is like that's they're not an easy team to play. They're physical. They hit you. Like that was a tough game, and then the Saints and Packer game. It's just a tough stretch to win three straight games. Yeah, it, it, Maybe because the Bucs, remember, toward the end of the season, really had to kind of get it into gear, and they've just been playing good football up until where the, where the Chiefs felt like we're going through the motion. Fair to say that they uh, flipped a switch because they look fucking remarkable. Yeah, it's it's a they're kind of like a uh, they're like a college football team where you're like, well, who are they playing today? How hard are they going to right? Like like haven't we heard? I mean, Does this wouldn't game you matter? say for the most part? 
the anti like Alabama guy has said that for a decade. Like, okay, they had one good win on their schedule. Yeah, they're the best fucking team. Have you watched them play? Like, is isn't that the thing with the Chiefs? It, it's different in the NFL. Well, we don't care about style. Yeah, play. I just mean that like I I picked against them because I watched them a lot this year and I thought the Bills looked better than them more often. You know what I mean? Like I just thought the Bills looked consistently like a team playing at a higher level in Kansas City. But maybe part of that was Kansas City was like, yeah, let's just. Can we fast forward to the Super Bowl? Um, We're seeing the Babe Ruth now football in the modern day version in Tom Brady against Patrick is on the greatest three year start. Technically, it isn't like he sat out the first year, but just three years as a player that we've ever seen. Won the MVP AFC championship. Second year wins the Super Bowl. This year was a dominant player and they're back in the Super Bowl. Like it just doesn't get. It just doesn't get any better than that. Did you see the right. graphic that CBS put up of all the quarterbacks to make three straight conference championship games? You know, it was like 12 or 14 guys, but Brady, he's the only Montana, one under 26. Kelly. He's the only you're one under over, 26. You're just saying it. over the history of the league. Yeah, just to make three straight conference Ken championship Stabler, games. Ken Stabler, probably Jim Kelly's, Favre maybe. I don't know if you've I just when I, when I saw the graphic, McNabb stood out to me. But... Uh, but he's the only one under twenty six to do it. I mean, he's he's McNabb was, McNabb was really good number two overall pick. You know, no, well, he was. Yeah, yeah, I he know. was making Pro Bowls at the time, no doubt. But I mean, the board, the list is Hall of Famers, and he's yeah. The thing with Mahomes is, it's just like you would never dream of anybody putting a career together like Brady's. But Mahomes lets you kind of think about it because he is he is much more the centerpiece early in his career than Brady was, right? on the early Patriots championship teams. it's These teams are more about Mahomes than those teams were about Brady. Yeah. Those teams had elite defenses, remember? Like, they were defensive-centric. And Brady was good. I think I've... I've I always you say that in some of his stats in the Super Bowl. I think that second and third time were good, but they were nowhere. At the time, Peyton Manning was the better quarterback. I think universally, and Tom was winning. You know, back, like, what you're saying. Like, everyone kind of viewed it, even though I think he was better and probably was getting credit for but the Patriot defense was elite. Where the Chiefs, their offense is elite, and their defense is good, right? It's just like, but it's not. I mean, we've seen like champ LOB and the Harbaugh defenses and some of the Ray Lewis defense. Like, we've seen great defenses. It ain't the Chiefs. The off, They're an offensive team with with uh, a defense that has the caliber and the, the level to win them Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Like, to me, they have the best balance of like, Best offense when it's on by far, and then a defense that is more than capable of being elite. When I say elite, like playing with as an elite team, right? They yeah. give up maybe twenty five points. They're not going to. But hold that's not a problem. Like that's that's like most offenses fourteen. Like their yeah. offense is fine, no problem. The other thing is like every year it gets bigger for Mahomes, and Mahomes is less stressed about it. Like this idea of he just he enjoy he's he's not only is he unbothered he enjoys it all. Like, the stage has never looked too big for him. It's crazy. Plays very calm. I think also, maybe it's experience. Maybe it's just their pure talent. Does feel like Tyreek and Kelsey are just so under control in these games. It's like, is this a a spring practice for these guys? Or is this the AFC Championship game? I, I can't say enough about Travis Kelsey, who's now been paid three times. Right, he's got a rookie, he got a second contract, then he got a third contract. You can't ask, like, 
I think quarterbacks, you're making so much money, it's fun. I expect it. Sometimes with great position players, maybe they just lose it a little bit. To me, he's still playing like he's trying to earn his first big contract. Like, Andy, they've gotten into his head like, you're going to go down as the GOAT. <laughs> you know, at your, you have a chance, Travis. Like, you're going to shatter records. And check, beside Gronk, the, the, the Shannon Sharps, the Tony Gonzalez's, you're gonna you you could rack up three rings. I guess Shannon has a couple rings because huh, he played with Elway and yeah. he played that one team with the Ravens. But I mean, that, that, tra- uh, Travis, this is your group, and it's like Travis is kicking ass. Tyreek is just kicking. Well, ass. don't you think it makes it easier if you're an older player on that team in the off season to put in a little extra work when it's like I want to be here for as much of Mahomes as I can possibly be here for because that's the ticket. It does feel like with the Chiefs, unlike the Patriots, like if you're in the boat, you're just like, oh, you're all here together. You know, we're just, we're going to keep you and we want to keep you. With the Patriots, wasn't there always this weird simmering after every single one? Like, who's going to get it? <laughs> you know, who's going to get tossed off right. the boat? Oh, they're going to toss three guys off the boat. Oh, shit. Oh, there goes Logan. Oh, Richard Seymour. Oh, he's got, uh, got Asante. Oh, shit. He's gone. You know, like, like this year, like Edelman, he ain't on the Patriots anymore. It just one, it just over time with the Chiefs, it's like, what can we do to take, get Sammy to take a little bit of a pay cut so we can keep him around? <laughs> you know, it's like, they just want to keep their dudes. Why wouldn't you? Bill just always feels like more such a happier place. It, it does have a little bit of a feel like Alabama and Clemson. Like, it's just, that's Andy's personality, that's Bill's personality, and they embrace it. Yeah. It's not like Andy hasn't got rid of guys, right? Yep. But you would have said last offseason, there are going to be some changes. And no, there really wasn't. <laughs> they just rolled it back. Yeah, and unlike Alabama and Clemson, uh, Andy's quarterback's under contract for nine, ten more years. Yeah. Did the extension even start yet? I don't think so. I yeah. think it was a... Remember, it was a 10-year extension, and he had his fifth-year option picked up. So this is year four or five. They got a long way to go. Unreal. By the way, John, you know, all these games on Sunday, very big. So that's why we're talking about this stuff. There is, I know a lot of people have been waiting for us to weigh in on Stafford and the Niners. That is still coming. Don't worry. What about Rodgers? That's, that's our Super Bowl, John. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Matt LaFleur, Johnny, who, who's the only guy that could guard Jordan in college? Dean Smith. Dean Smith. Who's the only guy that can keep Rodgers from greatness? I thought he was elevating uh, McCarthy, LaFleur. LaFleur. God, man. Not going forward on fourth down. Hindsight, we've got it. So let's use it. Fourth and eight. Yeah. Fourth and goal from the eight. Needed the touchdown, the two-point to tie the game. They didn't do it. Never got the ball back. I, I think when you look at it specifically and you go, I always push back on two-pointers or a 50-50 proposition. Going forward on fourth and down is always equal percentages, whether you're the Jags or whether you're the Cowboys or whether you have Russell Wilson. Because it's just not true, right? To me, your personnel matters. Teams going for it on on fourth and short, it's a lot easier to pull the trigger when you have Aaron Rodgers than when you have, like, uh, you know, what's the dude's name? Gardner Minshew. So... You had the best player in the league start to finish in Aaron Rodgers. He was, to me, the easiest MVP to pick in recent memory. I know Lamar had a great year, but like I think if you really dove into it, maybe Lamar was pretty easy too. I'm not trying to diminish anybody else. It just this year, no doubt about it for me, Aaron Rodgers pulled it, pulled away through 48 touchdowns, eviscerated people in this offense. And you get in that position where 
you're going to kick it back to a team who has been a little all over the map, right, in the game. The quarterback had thrown a couple picks, three to be exact. It's not like I would say Tampa's offense was just humming, especially in the second half. They they were good in the first half. It kind of hit the skids in the second half. But to me, you're kicking it back to Tom Brady. Like that to me, fact, like I'm going to kick the ball back to Tom Brady with a chance to not get the ball back. I understand we got three timeouts and technically the two minute warning. So it's basically a fourth timeout. But you have the best quarterback in the league. And Rodgers basically said after the game, like I was hoping to go for it, almost a passive aggressive, like, did he want to go for it? And LaFleur overrode him and just, you know, said we're kicking the field goal. Or yeah, or didn't ask or whatever. Yeah. I um you sent me a great tweet after the game that the Bucks are the 49th team to play in a conference championship game on the road and have more turnovers and fewer total yards than their opponents. The 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 48 teams before them all lost. Yeah. And I do think like you and I were talking about this uh in a video we did right after the game that's just on YouTube uh about Brady's game about his three interception game. And I do think part of the decision with uh, the Packers at the end of the game, like he threw three picks. And like you said, if you would said before the game, Brady was going to throw three picks. What did you think happened in the game? You'd probably think the Packers won the game. And, and there were other passes to Evans though. That he's overthrown. Yeah. Like he was just, he was just kind of, he didn't feel pinpoint Tom no, Brady. No, but my point is I did think of the three picks, the Evans fingertip one was an awful throw. I thought the other two, especially the third one, I think he knew it was third down and I thought he traded them like, treated them like a punt. The reason I bring that up here is just to say the stat sheet makes it seem like the Packers defense was better than it actually was, I think. And Matt LaFleur was betting on a defense to make a stop that I don't think was as good as like three interceptions and a box score makes you think they were. Like he was betting, he wasn't betting on any defense to get the ball back. He was betting on his defense to get the ball back. Which has been very hit or miss in his time. Yeah, I, it's not some dominant defense. What what amount of time would have had to be on the clock for you to feel good about the Packers kicking the field goal there? Yeah, I'd say like over six minutes where you think like they can get multiple first downs and you still control your own destiny. I think the hard part about that decision, because I was thinking a lot about this since we recorded the video and then we watched the other game. When you have two minutes left, right, or two whatever and change. You have no margin for error, one. And you have to still score. So if you go for it at the eight-yard line, and let's just say like on third, second, and first down, the ball doesn't come close to being completed. Because he hadn't, it hadn't been like off a fingertip on those three plays, right? right? And by the he way, like mailed the one, it's hard. Yeah. Third the, the, down, the field, little run to run. Yeah, the, the field, it's it's hard to score even for great as Aaron Rodgers against a good defense. Field's a lot wider than it is long. Uh, it's just a difficult proposition sometimes in there. But you have to get the ball back anyway. So you, you're you pinning them. Like, the more and more I thought about it, like, who gives a fuck if you get... They're getting the ball at the eight-yard line. So if you stuff them, because you're going to have to stuff them anymore, you know, if you, if you punt it or if you kick the field goal, you get them at the eight, you still got your timeouts, and you got to play defense no matter what. I think in hindsight, it's a no-brainer they'd go for it because the field position was better than what they got, and it wasn't great because the dude hit the ground anyway, right? I mean, I'm saying it wasn't. It's not if, like Tampa if, ran it out. If that they far. get the ball back because they had the two-minute warning, three timeouts, Jadon Mickens, and they win the game somehow. Jadon Mickens on that kick return is like that's Buckner level. 
But don't you think when you when you when you look back at the eight yard line, I would say it'd be one thing if they were at like the thirty five or something. Yeah, I think that's definitely part of it. You're at the eight. To me, it's a no brainer, and it's 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 just the in the history of the league, it's what most coaches do because most coaches tend to be conservative. And I think what we've seen over the last, I'd say five plus years is the influence of the numbers people getting to the owner and telling these coaches, like, you're allowed to go for that. I am not going to be mad. I want you to do that. And then I think the fans have become accustomed, and I hate the analytics people taking credit for this. In the history of football, since I've been alive my 35-plus years, 36, and the fucking plumber to Bill Walsh sitting on the couch screams for their team to go for it. It's not a new concept. Everyone's like, why are we... If you've ever gone to a game at any level, but especially big college football or the NFL, you get booed when you bring in the punter or field goal kicker, right, in certain situations. Remember in like 1998, Pat Hill went for it in the Silicon Valley Bowl, didn't get it, and got like... uh, And when I say a ton of credit, this is... I don't mean... I mean like... It was one of the first things he did that made Fresno State like nationally relevant. It was like, look at this coach with no, with just no, no reservations, all guts. I don't remember that. I, I mean, I don't remember it. Remember it? I heard the stories about it, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just think you get the standard now is to go for it, and if you don't, you've always been viewed as conservative. I think now you're viewed as a puss because forever it was like, you know, it's old school football. It's the right thing to do. That is thrown out the window now. Because the plumber, me, you, every person that's ever watched football and wanted their team to go for it, it's in vogue. It's what everyone does. And then when you factor in, you have Rodgers, Devontae Adams, all these other guys that are just can make plays because of him. It's it's a devastating, devastating decision. And especially because they just don't ever got the ball back. She never even got a chance. So it's, it's 100% the wrong move because it failed miserably. Yeah. Right. I, I guess I didn't hammer the Pat point, by the way. Like, it was a two-point conversion to win the game when he could have tied it and gone to overtime, blah, blah, blah. I started thinking, but, what but, if— But the, most of our life, that stuff was unheard of, Yeah, right? but it, exactly. And when you did it, no one said, like, must be reading the numbers. It was just like, oh, yeah, yeah. look at that guy. Big, big, big balls. Um, if they had not gone for two earlier in the game, I was thinking when Lazard dropped the ball and they had kicked the extra point, would he have gone yeah, for two I, for I, the win? I think, I think it was uh, the dude at SC's brother. The drop that it's like oh, 19. St. Brown, yeah, because they got like seven dudes with the teens. There were, there were two they, drops, too. There were two bad drops. Yeah. One was Lazard, one was is it was it Equinemius? Yeah, is that his brother? Who's well, the got dude two brothers? Uh, yeah, Amon Ra. I think the dude on the Packers, he go to Notre Dame, Notre Dame, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I, I do think that's why Rodgers, you could say in defensive LaFleur. They have one guy that you feel 100% confidence that can make that tough play, and that's Devontae. Then, and whether this is LaFleur's fault, Gudikin's fault, I think why Rodgers gets a little edgy sometimes. They don't have the most dependable group in a fourth and eight situation, right? Uh, not to, I think there, there are a few things more annoying than saying, as I tweeted earlier, but I'll say it. I know, After I'm, that gonna, play, I'm trying to stop saying that. Huh? You, I'm going to try to stop, you stop saying that. Saying, see, I, I've never, I, I, that wasn't passive aggressive. I just try not to say it. Because I could just say, "Here's a thing that I think," instead of saying, "Here's a thing I tweeted." I, I know, but I tweeted that of adults aren't on it, so just we we'll just say your thoughts. Your, the the Me drop, to do it. the drop in the end zone on the two point was that he should have uh, thrown that ball to Jordan Love. Like this is one of the deepest wide receivers. They could have traded back with the. I guess they couldn't trade back, but they could have just taken a receiver, quote unquote, a little too high. 
What if they had overdrafted one of the receivers in the second round that turned out to be really good? Um, yeah, that I would understand Aaron's frustration. Now, it was third down. Aaron, there was some room. I don't know that he could have scored. Easier to say from the couch. But I do understand if you're... This the is pass what, on second down was terrible. Like didn't even give his guy a chance. And Devontae didn't have a chance on that third down play. But I do I do understand this. If I could just devil's advocate for a second for Lafleur, how many ifs are in this statement? Right? Like okay, let's make the field goal. If we get a stop, then we got a shot. As opposed to let's score the touchdown. If we get the two point and get a stop, then we'll have a chance. Or we'll go into overtime. And if we win the coin toss, then we'll have the first shot. I do understand how many things had to go. When he's looking at it, we're outside the two-minute. We can get four timeouts, basically. I don't like it. It clearly failed. I do, at least, I can understand that part of it. But I, I didn't like it. Then yeah, I don't I, like I, it now. Easy. I, I think where they're kicking themselves in the ass is even more, like, 31 points. They had, to me, 21 at halftime. That... And listen, it might have been PI. I, I like I like saying this. Let the kids play. I, I don't get bothered by just you know grabbing sometimes. And they they were claiming that the bunting guys grabbing. I think it was Lazard. He did when he makes the pick. Yeah. And then a couple plays later, on what like fourth and eight, Tom just throws it up and they score the touchdown. Like that was a pretty backbreaking touchdown in the grand scheme of things. And this is where I think coaches get mad at. You know, the media and just the fans and people like, we're just going to obsess about the fourth down. So many plays throughout the game, but that one specifically, that pick by Rodgers, and then for it to lead to seven was like they would have gone at halftime, even if it's 17 to 10, it would have been a long field yeah. goal because they weren't that close. Yeah. Yep. And, well, it wasn't even going to be a field goal. It was fourth and like they were, they ran a play. The Scotty Miller touchdown wasn't on fourth down. It, the fourth down play was the. The, the fourth and two after, remember, Brady comes off the field, puts the jacket on, runs back oh, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They get the fourth yeah, and two, okay. and then he hits. And Scotty Miller beats. But how much time is there with Scotty Miller? Like, like 10 three seconds? seconds left? Yeah, three. Yeah, uh, not much at all. Let me pull it up. Uh, it, I thought it was like two. Four, yeah. Uh, well, it says 27. That might have been with the uh, eight seconds. Yeah. That was a pretty big kick in the dick for the Packers to go into halftime. Really like big. they just scored. Like, yeah, I, you made the point earlier, but. I don't know if you said it here, but just the whole, what was it, an 18-point hole? Yeah, after well, the fumble it, it to start the second to 10, half. 21-10, and the then touchdown. they get the ball, and then that fumble immediately leads to another touchdown. I'm just thinking, no matter how perfect the Packers are going to be, it's really hard to overcome 21-10 to 10 in the second half in a championship game because that means you're playing a really good team. If that's If we're just like October football and you're playing the Jags and you've just been, it's like, okay, it's like if you're an elite team, you might be able to pull a comeback. You just start doing the math, and you go, Tampa's, their defense is just good. And then Rodgers has, like, two great drives. That That's, again, back to LaFleur. He had been playing so well in the second half. The offense has been playing so well. And if you live in the moment, the last couple plays weren't great. I just think, if you just li live by the philosophy in whatever you do, go down with either your best pitch, your best asset, you, the number one thing in you, whatever your business is, and for the Packers, it is by far Rodgers. Like, I'm just, if we're going to sink, I'm sinking with 12. And it felt like they sunk with the defense and Mike Pettin. And they they put it on their shoulder. I, I If you go back, I think he'd have to just, I got to live and die with Rodgers. And if I, if I lose, it's like, make fucking someone else shoot besides Steph or Clay. You know, it's, I, yeah. I can't have Steph and Clay going for 80. Yep. Like, I, I, I can't, I can't have... Is it Kevin King? Yeah. Is that the 
I, I can't have the game come down to Kevin King trying to get off the field because he showed me all game he can't. Yep. Right? If I could just, like, I'll put the game on Zadarius Smith. But that's not really how defense works, right? It's not like I just, I need Zadarius and, and Preston to make play or Kenny Clark. Like, it's hard. Like it, because it just it ultimately comes down probably to usually a DB, especially right? against Brady, who's going to get rid of the ball fast. It's going to be hard for those and guys they, to make a play against him. And they do have a plethora of wide receivers, do yep. they not? Yep. Like they're missing Antonio Brown. I don't even feel like it matters. I'd forgotten. This school might hurt a little bit. Uh, as we're doing the uh, podcast on Sunday night, I saw uh, somebody tweeted. Shereen Williams tweeted, "Who hates the Super Bowl matchup the most? Raiders fans, Patriots fans, somebody else's fans." And Floria retweeted and said, "Niners fans." Brady wanted to go there. So is this Super Bowl uh, a mark against Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch? Yeah, I think you even need to expand or expound on the Brady wanted to go there, right? He called them the way the story was told and said, guys, I want in. They huddled for, you know, 24 to 48 hours. Had to watch some Did like group meetings and decided to stick it out with Jimmy. And a like Matt LaFleur's decision on fourth down, hindsight and Monday morning quarterback a year later, or, you know, probably 10 months later, when did that happen? Probably about mid-March, that really gained steam. Early March, I guess, when Brady was kind of making the rounds. So maybe, you know, maybe about 11 months. That it was not that crazy. Like, of course, you'd stick with Jimmy. And it was, there's no way around it, guy. It was the wrong decision. And it honestly, it might have been the wrong decision for Tom. Like, it worked. Tom made the right decision. He went to Tampa. The division's way easier. Carolina sucked. Atlanta sucked. He lost most games to the Saints, so it didn't, like, it was fine. And he won 11 games. I Even if Tom had just been normal Tom, maybe they win 9 or 10 games with the Niners, but they still had a ton of injuries, missed a ton of guys. Offensive line was bad. But who knows, like, Maybe they build, they flip Jimmy. Jimmy gets him back more pick. Who you know would have been a little different, but they still had a ton of injuries. Uh, I'm just trying to say that like there's no. I don't think the Niners would be in the Super Bowl with Tom Brady, but they they would be in the playoffs. Like I I say all the time, like John, you just why do you want Jimmy to go now? Because I people DMing me thinking that I've just I, I tweeted something like I think he's gone. Uh, I mean, and I think he's gone because I think the Niners want him gone mainly because he missed ten games this year. Tom Brady. D- He's missed how many games in the last decade? Four. Why? Because he got suspended because Ryan Grigson turned him Yeah. In. I mean, look, I don't think they would have made the Super Bowl, but then you take a step back and go, well, the Bucks team was 7-9 without Tom. And then they got Tom and they made the Super Bowl. And they beat the Packers, who the 49ers have beaten before. I mean, I, I like, you know, does Tom Brady change what happens to Nick Bosa? Probably not. But... It's not out of the realm of possibility that things just play out very differently for the 49ers. You think Tom Brady brings a butterfly effect? Well, I I mean, who knows? Yeah, maybe Bo- maybe they're up by 30 when Bosa got hurt. I don't remember when in the game and Bosa's off the field. I don't know. I'm just saying Kittle might not get hurt because I know there's oh, yeah. A to B on the Kittle injury. I don't need a butterfly effect to figure out how to undo that, that thing, um, at least the first one. So, yeah, maybe – but – uh, you know, I think it's also... But if they got a redo, you're, you're with me. They were redoing. Uh, how could you not? Because here we <laughs> yeah. are, and we're de- debating whether uh, they're trying to find a quarterback. And well, the other thing, it would be a legendary... Could you imagine going to the Super Bowl, losing the Super Bowl, and just bailing on your quarterback, getting another quarterback, and going back to the Super Bowl with the new guy? Well, that, that's that's why the conversation 
this year, like what we're having right now, it, like everyone thinks Jimmy's just average, stinks, injured. That was not the case last year at this time. Right. At last year at this time, I think it was like, of course, you're just sticking with Jimmy. Also, a huge part of it, Tom Brady, just as like a stock as a player, where was he was not trending up. I wouldn't even say he was trending neutral. To me, his arrow was pointing down. And I felt like in a weird way, it was gonna plummet like a rock. I it's been one of the great, like, shut the fuck up, I'm Tom Brady years. 40 touchdowns, Super Bowl. With the Tampa Bay Bucks in Corona, no offseason. Yeah, I mean, to be transparent, I didn't have a big problem with the Niners sticking with Jimmy. I thought I, I was good with it. I supported it. We all did. And it probably but I, I'm was, saying I, isn't it speaks to Tom's like yeah it's an, and mentality? it was a much easier decision for the Bucks they had Jameis they wanted to move on right they didn't really have any other options either yeah right? it was it was an easy decision uh, they had been a seven win team they had not just been in the Super Bowl all that yeah it's not Jason, say, Jason Light's been tweeting some uh, he tweeted uh, uh, like a GIF from what's Kevin Costner's uh, the baseball Cup? movie. No, the baseball movie. Oh, uh, 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 yeah. He build it, they will come. What's that? Oh, Field of Dreams. Yeah, he basically build it, they, he'll come. Oh, yeah. Well, and in fairness to them, they had a good nucleus they were around, ready. right? Yeah. And sometimes there is something to be ready, but you could argue the Niners were ready too. And I think looking back, they were a quarterback away. With a really good quarterback, they win the Super Bowl last year. And if they just had a quarterback this year, like part of. I don't think people understand. Like, there's still some pro Jimmy people out there. I'm not viewing Jimmy as a scrub. I view this year, though, as a disaster because he can't be on the field. And the one thing I think any top quarterback brings to the table Rodgers, Brady, look at Josh Allen and Mahomes. Someone's like, Mahomes, he missed a time last year. No, he missed two. He dislocated his knee and he missed two games. In Mahomes' career since he began starting, he has missed two games with a dislocated knee. The, I, when I th- when I look at Mahomes, I think Dur- he just played with a. Uh, I feel like if Jimmy had a turf toe, he'd be out for like a month. Mahomes turf toe. I, if you wouldn't have known he had a turf toe and he was just like healthy and no, you would just thought that was normal. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I don't think they're not making it up because I just saw him limping around last week. Now maybe he's getting a shot or whatever, but when I think Patrick Mahomes, I think yeah, he's just he's gonna play. If there's a way, he's gonna play. And I think clearly with Tom, like. To think this notion of like Tom's just always healthy. No, I bet he hurts sometimes, right? Throughout his career, he doesn't miss time. He signed a like two-year I, contract, two-year fifty. Yeah, I mean, he, at this extended? point, you're happy that he's back next year. The way this he's played, right? So, well, they're not getting rid of him anytime soon, right? No. <laughs> Damn. Is he going to go down in the Ring of Honor right next to Gruden and John Lynch? That's funny, and yes. Well, if he wins a Super Bowl, his name's going up there, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Lock. For sure. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Statue? Win a Super Bowl. <laughs> Just kind of try and co-opt him, you know? Like, he's ours. Why not? Yeah. What do you have against... Why wouldn't you put up a Brady statue? I would. Antonio Brown statue or probably too early? I think that's a strong no. Lenny? Lenny, maybe. Fournette's not bad. No, he's really good. That touchdown <laughs> run he had, he should have been tackled in the backfield. I watch Fournette and always think like he's pretty good. I know I watch. I thought the same thing. Like good pick. I would have liked yeah. him ten spots later, but solid. Well, not back. a bad player. Well, I think if Leonard Fournette had been a second rounder, like pick thirty eight, yeah. he'd be like, ah, oh, that guy's a really good. John, if he'd been picked twenty five, he'd be like, yeah, hell yeah. Fine. You can say they would do it over without saying 
those idiots. How did they not see this? 100%. If they would like a redo. If they got a redo, Tom Brady would have been a Niner. Yeah. It's not the horseshoes and hand grenades. But I, but I think, uh, yeah, you're right. The <laughs> only thing that uh, wore close matters is the horseshoes and hand grenades. Yeah. But this is where the Bucks deserve the most credit. Unlike the Niners and some of these teams that were like waffling back and forth, the Bucks put all their chips in the middle of the table. I know that the Patriots should feel worse. They had him. And you're right. The Bucks yeah. went all in. They, had, they really had no choice. But the Niners had a choice. The Patriots had a choice. And they chose no. Come join us. Come play DraftKings. Enter the promo code HAM for a free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone, John, gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. So use the promo code HAM right now. Right now with DraftKings. Yep. Listen, guy. All you have to do is get your share of these huge prizes, enter the DraftKings free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you will get a free instant prize up to $25,000. Say what? $25,000. And if you have the most predictions correct, you could win up to $1 million. I mean, DraftKings, are you guys just giving away money? I love it. Download the DraftKings app now. Use the promo code HAM. That's Haberman Milkoff, promo code HAM. Enter the uh, $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. God, DraftKings got a lot of money. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. And use the promo code HAM now and enter uh, the tw- the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge. Only, Only at DraftKings. <laughs> the official daily <laughs> fantasy partner is Super Bowl 55. Terms and conditions apply. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. It's awesome. A lot of cash. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers postgame uh, interviews. Must-see TV, John. Got a little, little weird. He made news while there was another playoff game going on. Uh, uh, it was good. Okay, so Aaron Rodgers, after the game, kind of made it seem like he might not be on the Packers next year. Or he at least has considered the possibility that he's not on the Packers this year. And and I don't think that – that didn't come from like, hey, Aaron, are you going to be on the team next year? That came from Aaron volunteering it. And I'll also say this, during the broadcast, Aikman and Roger, Aikman and Buck on TV kind of said the same thing, like you, that Rogers kind of said what he said postgame to them. You could tell. I didn't think much of it when they said it, but after watching the postgame in retrospect, it was, it was pretty weird postgame for Rogers. Yeah, I, I, uh, I was a little taken back. You know, all he's preached all year long was how happy he was. But I think when you look at the individual, and I, I think you and I would fall into this spectrum, if you have some spiteful tendencies that you don't just forget because things are going well. I actually think spiteful people deep down kind of get more angry when things start going well. And in a weird way, I wonder if Aaron Rodgers was despite winning the MVP and telling everyone and always Pat McAfee how fucking happy he was and how great his life is and just how happy he is, was ever just like, ever, one time, forgot these motherfuckers drafted a quarterback. Every day when LaFleur and Gouda can see me and hug me and we see each other grabbing chicken sandwiches at lunch and on the practice field and Gudakins always giving me fist pounds, deep down, how could you ever forget they thought I was trending the wrong way and they drafted my replacement. Especially when he'd lived through it. And then it goes so well, he would look like... There are... He's no dummy. He knows there is narratives about the way he is, about just being kind of an asshole. 
he couldn't be like that when things were going that well. And they were winning, and he was playing so good, and he played the part. I did feel like after the game was like, you know, this wasn't all a sham, but I haven't forgotten everything. Slash, I, I do think he's just being realistic. They have some cap issues. They have guys that are going to be free agents. Uh, the team just, in the NFL, the teams are never the same. But I think he looks back and goes, we've had this like core of guys really the last two years, and we didn't get it done. We've been stopped in this game. It's probably not like we're going to be better next year. We're going to lose some of these guys. Aaron Jones, one of their best players, is a free agent, right? I mean, A.J. Dillon's on the team. And I understand, like, that's you're not going to overpay a running back. You draft the running back, and A.J. Dillon will be his replacement. But Aaron Jones is a better player than A.J. Dillon. I just wonder if Aaron thinks, you know, for as great as we were, imagine if you guys had just pulled the trigger on what everyone wanted you to do, including myself. Right. Yeah, because uh, especially in I that thought moment, his, I thought his comments were were specifically, you know, indirectly because he didn't name them, but like add Gudikins on the floor. Well, I haven't forgotten. Guys. Yeah, and it and it it makes sense that that if that's what it is, it makes sense that that would come up in that moment after the game, after he had a third down with nobody to throw to, after he had a two point conversion dropped. Uh, uh, like that's it makes sense that it would come up right then when the margins are thin. And he's standing on the other sideline watching Brady throw, watching Brady's fifth option be sixth option be Gronkowski as Leonard Fournette, who they traded for, runs up the field. Mike Evans, A.B. they added. Couldn't play, but they added A.B. because that's what Tom wanted. Like on the other sideline, the team did whatever Tom wanted. You want A.B.? Got him. You want Gronk? Got him. Right? You want we, we Leonard Fournette? And Lenny, got him. We'll get him. Yeah. What do you what need? Do you what need? else you need? I mean, I know we already have Godwin and Mike Evans, but. Yeah. Oh, you like was was Scotty uh, Scotty Dimes? Was he on the team before? Yeah, I think he was on. Okay. He was on the team. So they they had him in, ahead of time. Yeah. Don't worry, we got a little white. Yeah. Guy no, <laughs> uh, but I mean, it's like that's part yeah. of the deal for Rodgers. He's on the other sideline watching the guy whose team catered to him beat him. Don't you think he also? I mean, he is Mahomes is kind of compared to them, and he just looks at Kansas City how they treat Patrick. Does it feel like they leave any stone unturned for like, oh, Le'Veon Bell, who's not even good. And he's like, we'll take him. How about the Saints? Like it, you think the Saints don't do everything for Drew? It does feel historically his franchise operates a little bit small markety. I mean, they are. But in the NFL, I think he's going, what are we doing? But but to me, the back to the Jordan Love thing, it represented not just like the make it a good draft pick. It represented what they thought of him. Right. And he had lived through that. Right. I, I just don't think you forget that. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have the moment where I think there's a pretty good chance that he when the fourth down happened, he wanted to go for it. He claimed it wasn't his decision. And Which if he of goes, course it's let's not go his for decision. it. And, yeah. And they go kick the field goal. He's probably not happy with the guy. But there also is like Aaron's not a huge accountability guy. And in fairness, he, he didn't lose this game. He was I thought he was just really good. I mean, he was 33 of 48 for 350 yards, three touchdowns. And his pick, you could argue, was, you know, P.I., whatever. It wasn't a great throw, but whatever. I can live with one pick when the other guy threw three. Rodgers played winning football. He, he was running for his life a lot of the time, right? His, his, his tackles were getting smoked by the defense. And he's just going like, I, what more can I do here? Well, and the other Our defense thing is isn't quite good enough. Our offense has one incredible player and then just other just dudes, right? Yeah. There, there's, you know, uh, who know we don't know how the Super Bowl is going to play out, but I do think one of the ways I'll remember this NFL season, one of the things I'll remember about the season is that I think the Packers should have won the Super Bowl this year. Now, I, 
you know, then I watch the Chiefs flip the switch in the AFC Championship game, and we'll see how they look in the Super Bowl. Maybe I won't feel that way in two weeks. But I, I think the Chiefs best beats the Packers best. You might be right. You might be probably right. close though. But I mean, if that means Rodgers is on point, it's hard to beat him. But in the moment that Rodgers is doing that press conference, he's thinking, I, "I think we were supposed to win the Super Bowl this year. Look at the year I just had. I was going to have two rings." And you guys, here's the other thing. And uh, you think I, I don't know if Rodgers ever gets like I just it's just, just hard. It's so like, hard. It's, it's hard. Yeah, I know. I. Uh, uh, our he's avid he's one for four in that game, which is crazy. I know. Avid listener and uh, longtime friend of mine, Ryan Radke, who calls a bunch of huge games on FS on uh, uh, Westwood One Radio. He might have been calling one of these games today. Texted me. He's like the mistake. One of the mistakes the Packers made was if Lafleur had been their coach five years ago, or some version of Lafleur five five years ago. They have all this other time, not only to build up to that moment at the end of the game, but how many years did the Packers waste of Rodgers with McCarthy? You know, and and I do think the organization between how they drafted at the end of his career, how long McCarthy was the coach. I do think waste would be strong. They have been really successful. Waste is not the word. And waste wasn't the word he used. But I know I know what just, you're I know what you're saying, but did they do everything they could for him? Clearly he unfulfilled doesn't think potential. So. Yeah, and and I don't think they did either. I and part of this might be that like you were saying, this is an organization that they view the whole uh, over the one in an era where the one gets whatever the one needs. But wouldn't you say even Belichick, like, hey, guys, Belichick thinks the whole over the one 50 times more than you guys. And he has constantly over the years, like, taken, like, Andy, Sean Payton level flyers on guys, right? Did it last year with Antonio Brown. Does it all the times with, like, a revit, just a player here and there. Like, he's aggressively trying to, who did I see? Oh, I saw that. This year, the Diggs trade, there was like a, like a look back on the way the Bills trade played out. Do you know who it came down between? The Bills and the Patriots. Mm. Like, it just, Belichick, it feels, the Packers just, there's an aggressiveness that is not in their ethos, that is not really in their core. And I wonder if Rodgers goes, I'm seeing all my contemporaries where you could argue I'm the best, if at least the most talented, or definitely their equals, and I'm not dealt the same hand always. Yeah. I have to overcome. I have to truly carry. And my pushback would be, Aaron, you'd become a superstar in the NFL no matter what if you're as good as him. I do think the Green Bay Packers are a massive brand and really good for Aaron Rodgers too, just the business standpoint. But from a playing standpoint, you just wonder, I bet if you really dove it down, like how much he's truly carried the franchise and how, like, because when Brett Favre got there, they get Reggie White. The rest of their team was really balanced. Even when Aaron first got there under Ted Thompson, they were really balanced and really good on defense. It does feel now they're a little, they're just so dependent on Aaron Rodgers. Like, even watching the Chiefs, it's like, you know, they can just, Tyreek Hill can carry them for a while, or Kelsey can carry them if Mahomes is off. They're, Honey Badger will pick it off, and yeah. Chris Jones will have a fumble. And just, those have got, they have this other guy that came limping off, like this young DB they love. And it's like, these have more guys than can. When I'm watching the Packers, I go, "It's just all on twelve shoulders." The Smith brothers—they did get them. No, well, I mean, but yeah, I, yeah, that's fair. No, I'm agree. I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, I don't think it changes what you just said. All right, so do we think it'll be another team? Obviously, people want to put them on the Niners. Uh, Thirty-seven million dollar cap hit next year, thirty-seven and a half, which would be twenty percent of the cap, probably. That we don't know what the number is going to be, but even if the cap was one ninety, which it may not be. 
but whatever. I saw that it, I thought that I saw someone projected probably 188 to 190. Okay. So it'll be 20% then. Not the 175. His dead cap's 31, so they only save $5 million there. I guess if they trade him, I think it's actually not a bad deal for the receiving team because they they restructured his contract and pushed a bunch of money back to 2022 and 2023. Yeah. Uh he actually wouldn't be a ba- a bad player to acquire. Because you actually, I don't think you'd be paying thirty-seven million. His cash is only twenty-three million dollars next year, and be- and because he's the MVP of the league, <laughs> and because the MVP. So where should we start? Let's start with the Niners, just because you know we talk a lot of the Niners. Let's just start with just is he a tradable player? To me, when when Ted Thompson made his historic move, Brett's done here. We're going with Rogers. It was crazy, but they knew they had three years of evidence. That they had been like, this guy can really play. We've seen him in practice. I feel comfortable with him. To me, Jordan Love has shown nothing. He couldn't beat out Tim Boyle. And Rodgers just won the fucking MVP of the league. So, from a stamp, unless he demands a trade, I don't see how, even if someone was willing to give you like two ones and two twos for like a 37-year-old, how you could stake your career on, you traded Aaron Rodgers in like his MVP you know, level play, and then he goes to somewhere and wins MVPs, or keeps playing like this and gets over the hump, I think it could cripple Gutekinds and LaFleur. Like, you don't shake that. You know, like, Jed was never going to shake Tom Sula and Harbaugh. Especially and when it, you're... He got, he got lucky with Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Because, Especially when you're close, right? It's like the Packers. The Packers are close. Like, get him more players, and you could be here again next year. Yeah, like, I, it makes no sense if you're the Packers to actively trade him or actively shop him. The, to me, unless the, he forces your Yeah, hand. the only way it makes sense to me is if it turns out that Jordan Love is actually a star and you've just been hiding him. But if that was true, he'd be the backup quarterback. Yeah, I mean, again, that that that's that's how it would make sense to me. And there's no way they could even know that, no. right, based off one year. Uh, here's the other part of this from a Niner standpoint. This is my – and you tweeted this. If they were to trade him, they would not send him to the San Francisco 49ers. Now, I am all for – there are situations where you keep – like, I saw this a couple of times with the – we can get to this. I don't, think he, I don't think he's an NFC tradable player. So I saw this with Stafford. A couple of people said, like, can't trade him in the NFC. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Dude? Who cares where the Lions trade him? But that does apply to the Packers. But I, but for Stafford, we'll get in it. Like, I don't think the Bears are an option for Stafford. They're not going to trade him to the Bears. I, like, I don't think that's possible. With Aaron Rodgers – well, obviously, he wouldn't get traded to the Bears. I don't think he's a tradable player in the NFC. Do, do the, and I think the last team they would trade him to, the very last team, would be the San Francisco 49ers. He might not want to I, play I, for I Kyle. Think, but I just think under no circumstances would that even be an option for him. All right, do I, the I, hypothetical you texted me. This is I like this one. If the Jacksonville Jaguars called the Packers tomorrow and Urban just said, Hey, Goots! Maybe wait until Tuesday. Let it let this one simmer tomorrow. No, you get him now while he's emotional. Yeah, Goots, listen, man. I just, I've lost in big games too, man. I, I feel your pain. I just wanted to throw something by you. I'm just being in and out of the office for the next week. You can call me back. No rush. I just just simmer on this. You know, I don't know if you saw we got the number one overall pick. And I, Trent's over there. Do I don't know even know what him and Tom Gambler are doing. But I want to throw this out there. I'll give you the number one overall pick for Aaron Rodgers. Straight up, done deal. Black and white, that's it. Number one, straight up for Aaron Rodgers. Just think about it. Call me back. And Gutz goes, yeah, I'm going to go ahead some lunch. I'll call you. I think Gutekind says yes. I think that's the one trade he could do that would be like, okay, 
I think under no circumstances, like I, Gudikins and Lafleur would never trade Aaron Rodgers to Kyle Shanahan. No fucking chance. That that would be career suicide or the risk of career suicide. I don't think you could do that. Even if they were giving you two ones, put him in a Jags something. uniform, he would not like that. The problem is, I don't think Aaron Rodgers refused to play. <laughs> could you? Like, I'm not sure. Urban that, that's would the do thing that with Aaron Rodgers. I think if we did play the Who Said No game, I think the Jags might not do that. Although Urban's only going to be coaching for like five years. He might just, I can, this guy can be my quarterback. Well, you don't think Urban Meyer, I think he could win like the Super Bowl yeah, next year. Maybe. <laughs> but to me, that would be something like the Packers would have to, if, if they were having their hand forced. I just don't, Rogers, like, I have to see about the uncertain, uncertainty about what, bro? You're in a contract. Well, yeah, let's not forget, years. he does, this is not the first time he's just creates some. I thought he was a little drama filled, a little, little calculated, a little just. Like wants to be a store. I don't know. It was a little bizarre. Yeah. yeah. But I also get back to maybe he just doesn't like those guys. Yeah. And, a weird, but, you and know, again, and, I, I also think it's po- you're right. He, he is very thoughtful. Nothing he says is by accident. So I don't want to put too much. Like it was post game after he just lost to Tom Brady, who he should have beat, and he knew he should have beat him. He should have beat I, him. Can I can I just play the first part because he he kind of laughs about it. The first part he laughs. Yeah. This far. Obviously, there's going to be an end to it at some point, whether we make it past this one or not. But just the uncertainty is, is tough and the finality of it all. I skipped that. A lot of guys' futures, they're, you know, uncertain, you know, myself included. Uh, yeah. But but why would he say that guy? Un- myself included? Just, what just do you mean? to be, you know... Stay in the middle of it all. Yeah, Put some heat like on those other guys. Mix. And it's kind of, like you said, it's it, he's just pissed. Pissed at those guys. Like, hey, screw you. You guys want something? Here, enjoy this for the next week. I'm about to go and to I will. And de- I will defend him on this one. They fucked you last offseason. Yeah. So why can't you mess, mess with them? Mess with their offseason. You, you guys thought you were going on vacation? Here you go. <laughs> Jump out of the elevator after you drop a bomb in it. Thank God he didn't leave the Ingo light. Chris Ballard, holler at me. The internet blew up on Saturday. When Matt Stafford and the Lions, when it became official, they are actually going to part ways. We don't know where he's going, but, and this is the little nugget in the Deshaun Watson thing. Deshaun Watson, for all the tweeting, has not requested a trade formally. No, he has not. Stafford and the organization are on the same page to quote Hawk Harrelson. He gone. Oh, wait. Or is it Kruk and Kipe? Either way, he gone. He gone. Yeah, he gone. I, I, I think we had... Guest on this for a long period of time. I think if you just went, how long is this guy going to keep playing in Detroit? They go on a new coaching staff. When it was released that Dan Campbell got a six-year deal, I think most people like, six years for Dan Campbell? Stories come out that he knew about Matt Stafford's not going to be there. So that job maybe becomes, he has a little leverage. You want me to take over a job when we have to trade this quarterback? But I also think it brings clarity. And it lets the league know. And I got some texts from people just around the league that I think the people in the league have known for a couple weeks. But you had to wait till they got a GM and a head coach. Like, if you're John Lynch, you had no one to call for a little while until they named these guys the job. And once a guy, anyone that's got a new job, it's like, you're not taking Matt Stafford calls like after your press conference. You're probably just trying to figure some shit out, right? You got to move your family. You got to hire some employees. You got to let the dust settle, even though... 
once these two guys became official and they met and whether I don't I don't even think they've really known each other. That's a little weird about the Lions and the Atlanta Falcons. Like they hired a GM and a coach that were not close. Which close honestly, if you told Dan Campbell feels like only somebody who knows him would hire him. Feels pretty risky. That's where it does feel like a Spielman Ford hired this guy. This is their number one objective right now. Right. Once they get their staff together, or whatever, like figure out Matt Stafford. And I think when I say figure out Matt Stafford, there's a bidding war going on. Matt Stafford's available. Call us in. And the way that talked to uh, several GMs and executives that thought the just the price of admission, as Guy Haberman likes to say, the price just to get a conversation. Like, do not call me. You're one in 2021. So this draft in April. That that is just the price of admission to get a to get a fucking phone call, right? That's just that's just the baseline, right? You know, it's like uh, certain country clubs. Like, you want to join this? The the buy-in at the country club is 500 grand. So before we even talk about whether you're in or not, like, you have to have $500,000 right. cash we ex- the moment you show Whether up. we accept you. Yeah. So the way that just talking around, people thought that when the dust settled, like a first and a third, and I, I had some people that thought it's not crazy to think that they end up with a couple ones. I mean, Jamal Adams... Uh, obviously Jalen Ramsey, some players in, of recent memory. Now, they were younger, but they had to be paid, you know, have gone for a couple ones. So I, that's probably where they're going. Your one is the minimum, but we're looking for two ones. Now, to get two ones, you're going to need a bidding process or a super desperate team. And that's, I think there are a lot of desperate slash teams that are going to be willing to bid for this guy. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, if we're talking about multiple picks, the Niners have 12 and 43. The Colts have 21 and 54, right? The Patriots have 15 and 46. The Panthers have eight. The Panthers could want them. But there's another factor here, right? Which is, this has been actually the fact that it stayed quiet this long, an indication that he has a good working relationship with the organization. At least they they have similar self-interest here. So you would figure, right, that he, they're not just going to be able to send him anywhere without his approval. He's going to be involved. I think in he's going to go. I think he's going to go to a bid team, unless it's a team that he wants to go to that's not as good that he like believe like the Panthers. Yeah. Can, can I just read you? I, I ask a buddy in that division uh, that I said, "Can you just give me a cliff note scouting report on the guy?" I think there's a lot of people. If you listen to this podcast, you haven't watched that much Matt Stafford. We don't watch that much lines. And I think there's some debate with how good he is, right? I, people think he's good, but like how good? Yeah. I, and I, I think if you ask the casual fan, they'd be like a good starter, but they don't view him as like a Pro Bowl level player. Is that fair? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. I mean, you and I have talked about him over the years, and I think we've established we're pro Matt Stafford on this show. But uh, when I tweeted about him on Saturday, I was actually a little surprised with how much negativity I got back about like his, you know, 0 3 in the playoffs. Um, some of his overall record stuff. Anyway, so yeah, I, he's only been a, he's only been a one. For example, Matt Stafford's been a one Pro Bowl. Derek Carr's been a three. I don't. There's no one in the league that would take Carr over Stafford, including Gruden. Here is here was the the thing that my buddy said back. High end starter, high end starter, elite arm talent, good throwing motion and rhythm, can make every throw, savvy with manipulation, can carry the offense. Pros and cons that come with the gunslinger mentality. 
has had some durability problems recently. Yeah. And not just any, right? Like a back injury. It's one thing if you break a foot. He had a back injury that knocked him out uh, last year. And from what I read, like he did, like one of the Lions beat writers I read wrote, it held up enough on him this year. Like, see, see, that scares me. That scares me more than his performance because I think he is a player worthy of trading the 12th pick for. I agree. And for a guy that is for feels, (laughs) I was texting with another buddy who's on the chief staff and uh, he was like, God, because I was, te- I was just asking him bullshitting about some, we were just talking and he's like, God, I thought Stafford was like 38. I'm like, yeah, I thought he was like in the rivers, Eli, big Ben crew guy. He's 32, but he's been in the, remember he came into the league. He was 20 years old when he got drafted. But like, if I'm going to give two, for example, the Niners, as someone texts me, their first round pick and their third round pick are equivalent of the of the Colts first and second because their twelve is such a powerful pick relative to pick twenty two or twenty four or anyone drafted in the mid twenties. Twelve is so powerful. And remember last year when the Niners traded for when they did the Buckner trade, and people were like, "When you look at Jimmy Johnson's chart, the Buckner trade just straight up for pick twelve." was like 30 points off the Khalil Mack trade. Now, part of that was like he got multiple ones, but those ones ended up pick like 24 and 23, remember? Mm -hmm. The picks in the mid-20s aren't as valuable as pick 12. Pick 12 is a very, very valuable pick. But the more I think about it, just 12 straight up for Stafford, I think it's a no-brainer. What if all of a sudden his back starts giving out? You'd be fucking kicking yourself. Yeah, the one... There is risk involved when you talk about a guy who does feel like he's taken a pretty good beating over the years. You would say the upside, and you posted the video of his shoulder, of him like popping his shoulder back in, running back into the game, kicking Dante. That was his rookie, that was his rookie year. Kicking Dante Culpepper out of the uh, huddle. Um, that's tough guy, man, right? Like That is tough guy. You love it. But it's also an example of what's been happening to him to some degree over the course of his career because he's he has proven toughness because he's played through being – Beat the shit sometimes. Yeah. And it's been on bad when you're on bad teams, you usually get beat up, yeah. right? I, I John, I I I guess when you start looking at some of the performance number, like the big the the postseason, the lack of postseason performance, I get maybe some people's hesitation. Um, as someone who has watched him a lot over the course of his career, I I think just the guy is clearly another level of quarterback that the 49ers with Kyle Shanahan and I know their team's going to change a lot, but the basic talent they have can win the NFC with Matthew Stafford doing more than Jimmy Garoppolo did, but it's not risk-free, and you do have another team. The fact is the Colts are more desperate than the Niners are, right? Yes. The Colts are more desperate than the 49ers are, and we saw they traded a, they traded a pick for DeForest Buckner is better at his position than Stafford is at his relative to the other players at his position, but Stafford plays quarterback. And they traded what the Niners have, for Buckner last year. So you got to think the they'll trade li- 21 for... Well, they literally don't have a quarterback. Rivers is gone, and Jacoby's a free agent. So, like, the one at the end of the day, the 49ers just do have Jimmy, right? Whether he's good or not, we don't... He's just become this polarizing entity. They do just have him. The Colts really don't have anything. And they just... Once upon a time, when Kyle Shanahan took this job, and remember, they kind of immediately cut Kaepernick, they did not have any quarterbacks on the roster. So they immediately had to like sign Hoyer, they signed someone else, and then they draft CJ. Like you have to accumulate some players. Yeah. 
And for the Colts, I can't do two ones if I'm the Niners. I, I, I've been thinking a lot about that because, because one of my one is way better than everyone else's ones. And I think I, I'd be shocked if Belichick would do two ones for Matt Stafford. That has not been his M.O., unless he's just tired of watching Tom win and him lose, which you never know. I would do pick 12 straight up for Matt Stafford. But I, in my opinion, that's a shitload. Yeah, right. and, and I also think part of this that we haven't discussed, part of this is the evaluation of the draft. If you're willing to trade two ones for Matt Stafford, then you can probably move up in the draft with your other, right, you, you can move up in the draft for one of the rookies. You probably get 12 to like four or five, Yeah, right? I mean, so part of this is like, do you think Sam Darnold for a second or a th- like, do you think you could trade a third for Sam Darnold? Like, do you like Sam Darnold? Do you like Trey Lance? Right. Well, for example, the Eagles. Jeffrey Lurie talked about how Doug didn't deserve his job. And basically he wants to win and we're, we might just tank next year. You don't think they would go from like four to 12 for next year's one and maybe an extra two or something. Yeah. They would gladly do that. Gladly be strong, but they, they would be a team that would be open-minded about doing it. Hit a huge reset accumulate some more picks and just kind of set it back to take a couple steps forward in a couple years, right? right? They would be the team that I could see doing something like that with. And if the Niners were to get in the top five, boom. And then you have a guy who's young, who's fresh, under contract, who's cheap. And Stafford's relatively cheap too, but there's a major difference between paying a guy $6 million a year. Like that's just a large savings. That's always my first inclination. But there's a lot of out of your control, right? You don't know who's going to get picked before, even if the Eagles and Howie agree over like a month from now to do that deal. Like we'll do that deal with you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you wouldn't happen on draft day, but like part of it on draft day would be hoping X player was going to be there. What if X player goes to pick before there's going to be a lot to shake out. And we got to see like the thing with the NFL is the free agency happens before the draft. So, you know, the Stafford situation is going to play itself out. I, I think there's going to be, you, you let this out now to let a huge bidding process go forward. I, I do wonder if the Niners just have, like, they'll be more quick to draw a line in the sand where, the like you said, the Colts, there's some desperation there. I think Washington, I mean, Ron just beat cancer. He's fucking deal with Dwayne Haskins. Like, I don't think they're just going to, like, sit on their hands. You think Ron's there to just, like, develop some, like, Trey Lance? They're not that far away. Like their defense is really like, and their defensive players are really good. So I'm with Don't you. Do you think it would make some sense in Washington? Get a new, just get him there. Absolutely. Now, yeah, yeah. Could they trade a couple ones? Because their one's not that great. I mean, it's not bad, but it's in the twenties, yeah. right? Yeah. Twenty. Yep. So I just. I don't feel as good for the Niners. But here's what we know, because we talked about a lot. But I think I think they're going to be in the mix, and I think you know there are reports they're already calling. Of course they are. I mean, they're not idiots. They're pretty attractive to him. They do have – they are right in the thick of it in terms of what they have to give. And what we know now that we didn't know before is that this is actually happening. It's actually yes. happening. Okay. Let's let, let's let it play out over like three months. <laughs> It it does it does feel like most people think the Colts are going to be the most aggressive. Makes sense, but I'll say it again. I mentioned earlier the idea that the the Lions should not send them within the conference is crazy to me. Like, get the best deal you can get. You, would you trade them to the Bears for two ones? Uh, what are my other offers? If that's your only two one offer, you trade them to the Bears. Yeah, I mean, what's the Bears' pick right now? It's not as good as you. 
Well, I mean, they were in the first round of the playoffs, so it's probably yeah, it's not nineteen great. twenty. Yeah, I might not do that, but I, but I, I like there is an offer I would take from the Bears. It would, I mean, their ones would have probably have to be better, but you stink. Like whatever. Yeah, I just it's just it's hard, you know, in the division. I understand, but but the Bears to me are the the, the the division fine, but conference like don't send them to the Niners. I saw a couple people. Yeah. Right, like don't send him in the conference. Like this isn't baseball. You're not. He's not a pitcher. You're not facing him six times a year, and you're not going to be in the NFC Championship game. Do you think Joe Douglas would have traded Jamal Adams to the Patriots for two ones and a two? I actually kind of think he might have. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I, th- there comes a point where the deals. I think the reason he ended up in Seattle because Joe Douglas, was like, are you fucking kidding me? Two ones and a two. There is a number. I don't care who the player is and to what team. Like. If some if the Bears offer you two ones and a two for Matt Stafford, and the best next best offer is like a one and a two, is a no brainer. Sure, they just you're hitting the reset anyway, so you might as well like it's just two times a year. Maybe for the Bears, you should be aggressive, right? Not a bad call. Maybe Dan Campbell doesn't care. Yeah, why not? I'd like to. I did, I wanted to see Matt Stafford playing some meaningful games. Well, and that's the big thing, right? It's like. Stop giving me Stafford on Thanksgiving and give me Stafford in the playoffs. I'm with you as a pro Stafford guy. It's pro Stafford pod. All right. Uh, go to the Haberman and Milkoff iTunes page and do it. Give us a review. Five stars. We appreciate that. And in your review, put a question. We have this. This is our mailbag. Ham mailbag. Amlock Z. I don't know. There's a combination of letters. That's what it looks like to me. A-M-L-O-C-Z. Amlock-Z. Uh, do you guys think if Sean Payton called Gruden for Carr and he offered a first-round pick, then Gruden would turn around, offer three first and a second for Watson? Curious because I saw on the MyBookie promo code, promo code HAM, they have Derek Carr plus 500 to be the Saints quarterback. So would Sean Payton offer a one for Derek? And then Gruden could turn around and send three ones and a two for Deshaun. I don't think any of these situations that you just laid out are crazy weird at all. It actually kind of makes some sense. I just don't know if you're Gruden why you would even be worried about quarterback. You should just be worried about acquiring defensive players. Like your quarterback, Derek Carr, just beat the Saints. Even though like that would make sense. Like the, I think the Saints would gladly take Derek. I think Gruden would like to work with Deshaun Watson. But what 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 would change? Like if Deshaun Watson with the Raiders, maybe score a couple more touchdowns during the season, but your team's just as shitty. Yeah, right. It's not the problem. Like I don't, I don't think they'd even be that much better, would they? With Deshaun, and I think Deshaun's a better player. Yeah, no. To me, it's saying, like uh, I watched them. Maybe they go eight, huh? Eight and eight. You know, their defense was hideous. Yeah, you you've got you've got a limited budget. I'm not talking actual money. I'm just saying you got a limited amount of stuff you got to spend your attention on. He's not one of them. He's not at the top of your priority list. Mark Davis has money, guy, says at Raider27. I actually did text with a member of the Las Vegas Aces, John, who told me they've upgraded facility like it, that it's been that it's good for the basketball team. A player? A player, yeah. Does she know the sale price? Uh I no, that I don't know. I I'll looked around. Him. I couldn't. I couldn't find it. I'll ask. You want to make a guess on what do you think he bought the team for? I have no idea. What have you looked? Did you find what teams go for? I, I saw the league generated like sixty million dollars. But have you seen any sale prices or well, purchase no, prices? Well, if I just if I just said like the NBA is a ten billion dollar business and there are thirty teams, 
if the N, if the WNBA makes sixty million, they lose money. I'm gonna guess max two million dollars. I'm saying it's not insane to think he got it for like one point one. I think that's crazy. Guy, they don't make any money. It, it's a losing business venture. It doesn't make any cash. I gotta, th- I gotta think it was at least like. It, it, Part of what makes a business valuable is cash, and they don't make any. Well, I understand, cash. but I mean the NBA does. The NBA still contributes. He doesn't need to watch. He doesn't right? need to watch his money, right? He doesn't just need a losing business venture. I think we both agree he did it to be money. a good community member. Yeah. I, I don't think he did it as like a like because he's not of some budding business. I actually give him credit. But it's for, also it's an easy nice, thing to get in on. Well, that well, exactly because it's cheap, right? But I mean, like I, you know, if it's a it's a it's a long term investment. I just long term guy. The WNBA has been around for tw- two decades. Twenty, yeah, twenty years. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I, I'm I'm just trying. I, to find I don't know. Out my get, my guess for. was two million. My max guess wouldn't shock me if it's in the six. Without years. doing any research, my initial guess would have been like fifteen million. But yeah, I mean, you're right. It's probably not. That was mine too, and then I started looking around at some financials. I'm like, ah, I don't think that adds up. If you do like, they've got 20 teams in the league, or I don't even know how many teams are in the league. Uh, B. Tovey, we'll get one more mailbag question in here. Uh, huge fan of the pod. Also, the previous guy said, "Awesome job, guys," um, and the promo codes. Been listening for several years. Keep up the great work, fellas. What are the Niners going to do for quarterback next year? Whether in the draft, trading for a star like Stafford or Watson, rolling the dice with Jimmy, what's the most and least likely option for Shanahan and Lynch? Thanks, guys. Ham. I mean, we talk about this a ton, so I thought maybe we could just answer this question by addressing where we sit with Deshaun Watson on January 24th. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be enough. I'd say less than 50% he gets traded. I'm not expecting a Deshaun Watson trade. I read this. Not saying it's not possible, but I it's I still think he could be back, and I think there's zero chance he's a Niner. Uh, I agree with you. I don't think he'll be a Niner either. I read this story uh, on Sunday by one of the I think it was one of the football team beat writers talked to Deshaun's personal quarterback coach, who's also he was Dwayne Haskins' quarterback coach. It's funny the guy was like, "What's going on with Dwayne?" He's like, "I don't know. I just texted him. We'll see." Because Dwayne's in Pittsburgh now. Yeah. And he, but he's also uh, what's his name? Uh, we just talked Trey Lance's quarterback coach. This guy, gotcha. Not Tom House. No, not Tom House. I forget his name. But interesting detail, John. He would fly to Deshaun every week, and even the reporters like, wait, you would fly to Deshaun every week? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I'd fly in on a Sunday. We'd have dinner after the game. We'd talk about the game, not really scheme stuff, but just like his mechanics and what he was thinking during the game. And then the insinuation, I guess, is that maybe they would work on Monday together or something. But kind of crazy. I didn't realize guys were flying in their personal quarterback coaches on a weekly basis, but that's what Deshaun's been doing. I know, like, Keith Williams, our guy, uh, former wide receiver coach for Fresno yep. State, Nebraska. K-Dub, he's like uh, quarterback, uh, wide receiver, he, star maker. I think I think he talks with Devontae Adams like eight hours a week. They spend a lot of time on Works. the phone. Works. And Tyreek and Sammy Watkins and a lot of guys in the NFL now. So... I do think it's become a little more normal. It's it's weird to me with a quarterback, but I think I think Brady does similar shit. I, yeah, I, I guess they probably you know all do. I, I I in a weird way I think Deshaun Watson's almost become a tad bit overrated. Like I just think people like he ain't what we just saw today. He's not Rodgers. He's not 
in a, we said something in an earlier on a I saw on a comments on a video we made. I think we talked about on the podcast too about what tier he was in. Yeah. People were incensed that we didn't have him in a tier. Yeah, one. I, like, I just don't. It was funny after we had that conversation, and I and I I said it, and you you said it. Um, Sandoz list had him on tier one. Yeah, but I just uh, he's not Mahomes, so he can't be on that tier. You know what? Uh, the buddy that gave me the scattering report on Stafford said he said his best plays and just his most dominant plays are off script like Russell Wilson, and he's like, is that a sustainable thing over consistently every year? And Russell's more consistent in the pocket than Deshaun. But I think a lot of people look at it, it's like, it's not a consistent attribute. Like what Brady and Rodgers and even Mahomes, he can make incredible plays, but I think sometimes some of his numbers are based on just running around and throwing it up. And I'm making that sound much more like simplistic than it actually is. I mean, he's remarkable at what he does. But it's like, I, I'm not trading three first-round picks for Deshaun Watson. Yeah. And I like the guy. Yeah. I play him a lot in DraftKings, but I just, I don't I don't view him like, he ain't Mahomes. No, but nobody is. Think, That's okay. It doesn't no, have to but be. No, it, but, it, but you don't trade three first-round picks. I, I, I just think How many ones would you like trade for Mahomes right now? I mean, a lot. But he guarantees me the playoffs. Deshaun does not. No, I know. I'm just asking what the number would be. If I said five uh, ones, you'd say yes. Would the Chiefs say yes? No. There's nothing the Chiefs would say yes to. <laughs> no. Nothing. I I feel like you you could offer a lot for Kelsey and Hill, and they might hang up on you. I feel like that's. Just I wouldn't. Kind of their I wouldn't trade those guys either. <laughs> they they are untouchable. Feels like everyone likes each other. They got some good chemistry. I mean, winning helps clearly, but. They got like they got much better chemistry on the Chiefs than like the Bucks. All right, on that note, peace. Later. That's speed. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get sixteen ounce packs of flavorful Angus ninety percent lean ground sirloin for four ninety nine each with a digital coupon. Then buy two get two free on twelve packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or Seven Up. All with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.